Welcome to your mandatory wellness session. I'm your host, Anoop. And I'm your other host, Samir. You sound very resigned to saying host. Yeah, well, I tried to do something fun, and you said no. How no mad would fun. you have been if I'd been like, and I'm your assistant professor? You like, I probably would have. It would have been a bit, for sure. It would have been a thing we talked about. I considered it for like a half second. I was like, no, no, no. Uh, Yeah, I could see it in your eyes. I'll just, I'll, I'll just say Oh, host. Samir, how's it going? Not bad, not bad. We have just sort of restarted going back to our normal schedule at our main site. Uh, so we were all in the hospital this past week. We're still not up to fully doing everything. Uh, so, this, you know, our cases and everything are still fewer, but it was a bit of an adjustment just being back in the hospital every day and being there for like, I don't know, like 12 to 13 hours or whatever it was. But on the other hand, I feel like I at the end of the week, I was like, I did things this week, <laughs> which in some ways was actually kind of nice, um, even if even if chilling is also nice. So, um, how have you been? I've been good. I've been good. So, because of extraneous events that probably aren't relevant to anybody else, I had to cancel a vacation that I had at the end of the year, <laughs> uh, unsurprisingly. Oh. So now I have what 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 came up to cause that? Oh, you know, it's it's this little thing. You probably haven't even heard about no, it. No, unlikely. Yeah, there's a small outbreak of a virus. Oh, okay. So some, you know, some international flights got canceled. Just yeah. a few. Yeah, like happened to be one of mine. Dang fever, probably something similar. Yeah, so just it's just a little thing. Uh, I don't I don't even know if it's come stateside yet. Okay. Um, but well, you know, it'll well, probably I, be like Ebola. Like three people will get it, and it won't be a big deal. I'll right? keep a lookout. Well, yeah. I mean, as long as it's transmitted like Ebola, i.e., very difficult to transmit. I mean, I, I hope it's not respiratory. Those ones can spread a lot. Yeah, yeah. We should say for the listeners, we're actually recording this back in uh, February. So <laughs> in, hopefully, in, this in, is like February second. I think. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's really sad that I had to stop and think. Like, how long has this been? Yeah. Going no. I mean, I mean, I guess for? technically, we really should have said January. Because I think the first the first case was late January, but I mean I feel like we were kind of at that point not really paying too much attention to it. Yeah, well, certainly not as a country. No. I I think I canceled my tickets in February, so that I think that timeline adds up. Yeah, I began canceling I think in early March, maybe end of February. Yeah, but the reason I bring it up is now I have two weeks of vacation time that I can't use and very graciously my residency has allowed me to like sprinkle a few three-day weekends into my schedule oh that is nice yeah it's something you know I could have just kept the two weeks of vacation and just sat at home for two weeks wait so that's crazy so you're you're allowed to just take two weeks in a row not technically oh it was straddling blocks Exactly. You're allowed to take one week per block. And even then, one of the blocks was mammography. So I would have had to make that up as elective time later on. But that's not a big deal. I mean, you're doing something during your elective anyways. So it wasn't the end of the world. I am kind of bummed that I'm not going to Japan, which would have been nice. Fair. Yes. A few three-day weekends are kind of nice. And then accidentally didn't know that we had a Memorial Day off. So I am now on a four-day weekend. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. For the listener... I know you were you totally thought we were recording this back in February, but in fact, this is actually Memorial Day weekend. Pretty crazy reveal. I know, right? It was just it, see that that's what some people call a bit. It's kind of like a joke that the two of us mm. we, we pretend that something's happening. Oh, back I see. In February. Oh, I understand. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, Samir, I forgot to mention this to you. I want to turn this podcast, in addition to being a medical wellness podcast, I also kind of want it to be a Fundamentals of Improv podcast. I feel like we could just mix the two together. <laughs> right. That's, yeah, that's a good call. Exactly. Honestly, sometimes that's a lot of just residency. <laughs> oh, this uh, this new random task, I will yes and you attending. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. Anytime Perfect. my attending tells me to do something, I say yes and... And what else do you want me to do? <laughs> Perfect. Wow, you're so yeah. good at improv. It's crazy. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, sometimes I say no, but just kidding. I'm still going to do it because you're my boss. <laughs> Classic. Yeah. Classic. It's all about saying yes by saying no. To yes, go, exactly. To the advanced level. No, I don't want to go home right now. Perfect. <laughs> you're by. No, I'm not upset that I'm still here. <laughs> I was going to say, what uh, Yeah, what have you been up to since we last recorded? Oh, so this is not a conversation we recorded, but a conversation we had immediately after we recorded. I asked you, what is the best book you had ever read? Oh, yes. Uh, yes. And 
admittedly we could talk about that on mic i think it's probably interesting but it would take like probably an hour and a half so in effort to pursue that i've been listening to a bunch of stuff that people had recommended to me so i finished up metamorphosis twitter i think i had finished prior to the last recording and then i'm listening to born a crime trevor Noah's oh, book nice yeah right now yeah my mom uh, really likes is, that book yeah it's really good it's really good um so that's been fun what else have I been doing? I've been working out. I got some cardio equipment in my house, which is nice. Is it just like I space got... to move in? <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. I got a rower okay, uh, cool. in oh, my wow. living room. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's very so, cool. Nice. It's been good. It's been good. It's just like, it's really hard to ignore it. And obviously all gyms are closed. Even the physician gym at work is closed. So Even people named gym are closed. Yeah, yeah. Well, gym... that. That's actually separate. All gyms have been canceled. Oh, I see. That's not related to coronavirus, but did you hear what Jim did? Well, you know, people are talking. Yeah, it wasn't good, (laughs) suffice it to say. So for the time being, gyms are canceled. Right. Yeah. You can still refer to them as Gaim, (laughs) but not Jim. Yeah. Good old Obi Gaim. (laughs) Yeah, Obi Gaim. (laughs) What's not to love? So, yes. Very fun. Yeah, so I've been trying to work out outside of work stuff i was thinking just as you were replying to my question earlier that no matter what whenever i ask you how you're doing it's always about work yeah there's never anything else well when people ask me that and i guess this is i mean i suppose that says something my immediate level set is like what is occurring in the majority of my time which turns out it, it is work so then i just talk about that briefly but i, I can help with other stuff as well i i recently uh watched the first season of never have i ever on netflix Oh, how is that? Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. Um, it was a show by Mindy Kaling, and it is, you know, I think it's loosely based on, you know, it's like a loosely autobiographical, but it's set in 2020 uh, about an uh, Indian girl who's like a sophomore in high school and sort of the travails of being a second generation Indian kid. By second generation, I mean her parents immigrated from India and came here. So she's a second generation in the U.S. Some people use the term first generation for that, but regardless, uh, basically she's the equivalent to what we are. Indian. It, right, Indian. Yeah. In, to be clear, Indian males. <laughs> yes, <laughs> in many ways. Um, but yeah, so um, so that's kind of the premise of the show. Additionally, you find out basically right from the get-go of the show that her uh, father has recently passed away. And that sort of shapes the trajectory of the first season as well. And sort of the processing of her grief around that. It's really good. Um, I think as with any first season of a show, particularly one that involves younger actors who don't have as much experience. I think the first couple episodes are a bit awkward in terms of some of the acting. I think it's better as the show goes on. I think the characters get better flushed out. I still, I still have my critiques about the show, but I think for the most part, I really liked it. Um, I'd probably give it like the first season, maybe like a B plus or A minus. It was really good. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Yes. I've also been watching a lot of TV, but none of it new. I think I mentioned I rewatched all of Community a little bit ago. Yeah, 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 you had. And Avatar The Last Airbender came back on Netflix last week. Uh, there's three seasons of that show, so needless to say, it took me about four days to finish sure. all of those again. Very reasonable. Uh, I love that show. It's a good show. Still super I mean, it's a, great, it's a great show. Yeah, I mean, there's no arguing. Yeah, and right now, randomly, I just started watching an anime because I got bored. Uh, so I'm watching Parasite. Right oh, interesting. I, I saw that like mentioned in like by Netflix listings, and I was intrigued because it was also named Parasite, like a movie. And I was like, hmm, interesting. No, yeah, different. Not, not, not related at all, um, yeah. but, I, but that caught my attention. And the little mini Netflix preview looked kind of crazy, but then I didn't watch it. <laughs> yeah, it's got some horror movie elements. Yeah, exactly. Essentially, there's these, well, I guess I don't know what they are yet because I haven't finished the show. But there are these sort of alien parasites that uh, drill into people's heads, take over the top part of their body, and then eat other people. And... This kid gets one, attacks him, but it goes into his hand instead. So his hand is this alien parasite, mm. and he's fighting the other ones that are out there killing people. Solid. See, aren't you glad yeah. you didn't go to Japan now? Yeah, I guess so. Didn't know about the parasitic dreaded right. worms. You so, know? <laughs> so it worked out well, actually. <laughs> you know, it's weird because they didn't cover those in Sketchy Micro. Or maybe I just missed that one. Yeah, I mean, there were a lot of videos. <laughs> there were a lot of videos. <laughs> and it honestly, might be one of the new ones. And honestly, toward the end when I was getting to Parasites, my attention span was heavily decreased. It was like a week <laughs> before Step and I was like, I cannot do anything anymore. Yeah. You know what? I'm just going to put Al Bendazol for all <laughs> for these all the, questions. Turns out it's basically always that. So. Yeah. <laughs> Works out fine. That's fine. 
Oh, I randomly yesterday decided to uh, rewatch Homecoming King by Hasan Minaj. Always a good special. I really like that one. Yeah, no, no, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a great one. Um, I, I think I was just, I was thinking about Never Have I Ever, and I was kind of um, just uh, wanted to watch something else that was also sort of about that second gen experience, um, and so I, and so I watched it. But yeah, no, it was a, it was definitely a good one. I think the first time, I think it just hit harder because there are parts to it that are sort of like because it's very story style, so there are like twists to it. So I think, and he his style of comedy is very, um, it uses a lot of tonal shifts, which I think when you don't expect them, like hit more, but still very good. They're still, still a very good special. Um, and I'm also in general just a big fan. So yeah, that was kind of, that's kind of what I've been up to. Nothing too, too crazy. Anything else interesting going on? Just going off what you just said, I actually just rewatched a special by Mike Birbiglia, who also has that style, and it had been just long enough where I could kind of reappreciate the story for the story's sake. Which special? I was actually thinking about watching another one of his because I, I I was just in that mood for those that self comedy. I just rewatched my girlfriend's oh, boyfriend. Nice. That's that's a really good special. It's super. To good. my measure, it's it's kind of like the peak of his style. I really like that. one. Yeah. No. It's, it, I, I, I watched like it, I watched specials. it two or three times. Yeah. 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 Also very storytelling driven. And then I there's a show I want to watch, but I can't bring myself to subscribe to Apple Plus. Also relating to what you're saying. It's Kamel Nanjiani and Emily B. Gordon put out this show called Little America on Apple Plus, And it's essentially anthology story about immigrants in America. Oh, that's cool. And I've heard really good things. Like it's gotten good reviews, but I can't bring myself to sign up for another streaming service. Yeah, that's pretty fair. And I'm kind of past that point in my life where I just regularly steal things. <laughs> you know, that's that's the teenage experience. But nowadays, I'm an adult. So technically, I could pay for things. Right. So, yeah, it feels, it feels worse. One interesting thing, actually, was so, you know, now because of all the stuff happening with COVID, interviews next year for residency are totally different and up in the air and it's probably going to be like virtual interviews which is very strange um and I, I really do feel for the fourth year medical students because i was just personally thinking about myself like i think i do a pretty good job in in-person interviews i can kind of like read body language and make some jokes and stuff things that do not work over zoom at all with a stranger like those are just not at all <laughs> like is it not the, i mean it there are there are some things that work very well over zoom like the idea of like various meetings and conference calls honestly probably better than in person frankly but like interviews like just no just absolutely not so funnily enough i was thinking of this the other day for our radiology applicants particularly our ir applicants none of them are going to get to do away rotations yes right? no, it's a huge issue for urology too because you're and for urology yeah, yeah. it's a, for these smaller specialties in particular it is very you know away rotations are kind of a key part of them now there's a whole discussion to be had about that and the fact that away rotations are expensive you know, it's a huge chunk of time out of your life where you're normally paying for rent back home and then also having to like rent a place in this new city and it's a whole thing. But setting that aside, away rotations are kind of a key to a lot of these specialties because inevitably a lot of the candidates are very similar on paper. They all have done well on their exams and in med school. They've done a little bit of research here or there. And inevitably it comes down to their letters of recommendation and a letter of recommendation from your home institution. I mean, like, okay, like they have an incentive to say you're good right and so the the sub i beyond being useful for the student because they can see a place really up close and personal for a month is useful for their other interviews because they can actually say like oh this person from an institution who doesn't know you was like wow she's really good at x y and z she would be a great asset to any residency program not having that i think will be really interesting i'm not really sure how it's going to change things um, my suspicion is that more people would end up at their home institution than would have otherwise but i honestly don't know yeah, I imagine that makes a lot of sense. Obviously, you're going to go for a known quantity, right? I I do think it's going to be very interesting, particularly for these small specialties. The away rotation, in addition to enhancing your application, does actually just make you better at the thing. Sure. You know, like you, you learn way more IR when you go to different IR places, and I'm sure the same is the case with urology. And there are definitely people who decide not to do a specialty after they do away rotations in that specialty. Yeah. Um, one of my good friends here who was doing anesthesia, he was initially doing ortho and he did an away rotation and like partway through, I think he like realized he didn't want to do it. I think he had, it was it had been in the back of his mind for a bit and then he decided he was going to do anesthesia instead. And because he's like, this is like so in line with his personality, he just like told them that he was like, hey, it's kind of weird, but um. I, I kind of just recently figured out I actually don't want to do 
ortho anymore. And some people were very cool about it. And we're like, oh, that's like great. I mean, like you're a medical student, that's fine. Like definitely, uh, you know, I'm um, sorry, you just, just figured it out, but that's totally reasonable. Like during our cases, you should go to like the other side of the curtain to like do anesthesia stuff. And some people were very salty about it. So, you know. <laughs> well, you know, I think we've we've talked a lot about how trauma stays with you for the rest of your life. And I think that's good evidence of that, where it's like, in reality, the fact that this 20-something person has decided that a certain career is not for them, totally reasonable. Right. If somebody decides your career is not for them, mm-hmm. suddenly it's a big deal. I think that's the good thing about radiology, is that not a ton of huge egos in radiology. So most people, if you're like, I don't want to do radiology, they're like, cool, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's no big deal. Yeah. Like, I don't disparage anybody who's like, yeah, I couldn't just stare at a computer all day. I do often tell them, like, you'd be surprised. Right. You actually do stare at a computer all day for most other specialties as well. Right. So, but, I mean, yeah. it, I, it feels different. <laughs> it, it feels different until you're doing it. That's fair, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm very curious how this whole application season will go. Interviews will go. It's going to be way different than last year. Because uh, interview season is such a specific time in your life. It is. It is. I mean, I guess the one silver lining is that it'll be way less expensive for students. That'll be good. That's really nice. I mean, it, it's a super expensive process to undergo, uh, particularly for the competitive specialties where you're trying to like basically do like as many possible interviews as you can, sometimes beyond the point of reason. I think that's an advantage, but I think certainly it definitely will make it more stressful. We recently had this little like resident-only sort of med student town hall, basically, so it was us, on a, a bunch of us on a Zoom call. We like went into breakout rooms with various med students. Um, like I think they put out sort of a word about it to all the various programs. And then um, anyone who wanted to join could join, basically. And then you got like I don't know, 50 or 60 students in various rooms. And uh, it, was, I mean, it was good. We got to tell them a lot of stuff about the program, like answer questions that they had. I'm sure we'll do something similar as we get closer to interview season with our actual you know, interviewees. But it definitely was strange in a sense, right? Like it's it, that is not a substitute for like that pre-interview dinner where you get to actually see people interact as normal people. Like this is still really artificial and is very much of a Q&A sort of interview-esque environment. So, but obviously you gotta, gotta make adjustments. Yeah, I bet all of those EM programs that started doing that interview program like two years ago are probably like, nailed it, totally predicted this. <laughs> Although, may I point out, most people I talk to have said those are really stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I imagine they will be really stupid this year. Yeah, and they'll probably have even more importance, which is actually shitty. The point is, if you happen to be a medical student listening to this, uh, one, I'm sorry for all the sad stories. That's on me. But two, <laughs> work on your AV skills right now. Right. Like, like, if you don't know how to work Zoom... First of all, as a person in your 20s, if you don't know how to work a video call, like, what are you doing? Figure out computers. It's embarrassing. A lot of people I know can't work computers. I will say sometimes there have been things about it that are, like, not intuitive. But for the most part, I agree with you. I just, I don't know how people still don't understand how Echo works. And they'll they'll have, like, that feedback ringing in their mics. And I'm like, this is, this is 101, guys. <laughs> like, how do we not know this? i don't know it's embarrassing like you know if you're in your 70s this is for actually but one of the guys i know who's lecturing in his 70s or 80s i think 70s he doesn't he doesn't have any issues with it uses it it, yeah i gave him two lessons early on and then he's been fine since then so get good at it because apparently your interviews are gonna require it yeah mm, that's that's gonna be yeah that'll be a whole thing well anyway what is our topic for this week? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's speaking of sad stories, we're doing the exact opposite this oh, week. Oh, yeah, so, great. Look at that. Yeah, continuing sort of this four-part series, which is the, you know, the four principles of medical ethics as applied to wellness. Uh, you know, we did autonomy last week. I thought this week we'd do beneficence. Something nice, something easy, you know, just being good to other people, beneficence. So, Samir, I thought I'd lead off with... What's the nicest thing one of your colleagues or attendings has ever done for you? <laughs> That's a, oh man, <laughs> there's a lot in that question. Okay, nice. Uh, let me actually, I'll take it back. What's in the top five? <laughs> 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 
Right. It's very hard to say nicest. I mean, that's a really, that's a, that, that is a superlative. That is a crazy superlative. Okay. That's, that's a good question. Let's see. It's, it's always really hard to think of specific instances, right? It, it's very much sort of an overall, like people having your back kind of thing that feels good or feels kind of positive. Okay. So this, this is not a like nicest thing because I think it's, it, it feels so regular and normal, but I think it is just a nice thing to do. Um, and I think it's something I mentioned to you before, um, which is when you are um, doing cases, you know, every person needs to be, have a consent and they need to have basically an HNP or an HNP update to say like, yeah, they're ready for surgery, et cetera. And obviously anesthesia needs to see them, whatever. And so in the pre-op area, you have to go and see them and we often have to consent them there and write this new update, maybe put a mark on them if it's like a, a, a lateralized surgery. Normally how that works is, especially if you have a bunch of cases in a row, you will finish your case you will, you know, write your brief op note. Uh, you will might dictate your operative note. You will make sure the patient who is leaving is all, you know, squared away, like they have their meds, a follow-up appointment, etc. And then you have to go find this new person, go over their consent, go over their history, physical stuff, and make sure they're ready for surgery. And doing all that takes a fair amount of time, so that by the end of it, you don't really have a ton of time prior to the next case. A little different now because of COVID and because things are more delayed in between surgeries, they have a longer waiting period, all this different stuff. But in a normal scenario, it's kind of how it works. A nice thing that team members will do for each other is that we will check in someone else's next case when that person shows up in the pre-op area so that you come out of your case and that person's already checked in. And now you just have an extra like 15 minutes or 20 minutes where you can like go get something to eat. And that is a really small thing to do. It's really not honestly hard to do. You're down there checking in your next case or you have to go see a console or something. And you, on your way back, you drop by and just look at the board, make sure there are no cases that still need to be checked in and you just do it. I think it's just, it, it is a really small thing to do, but it actually makes a really huge difference, especially in a really busy day. And I think what is nice about it is not just that you're doing it. It's just that, oh, like someone, that person like thought about me <laughs> and a way to help. So I think that's really nice to do. And is once again, minor, I'm not sure I put it in this like mythical top five, but it just is a nice thing that um, will help uh, help the day go by easier. You know, it's actually interesting that you say that. It brings up one thing that I wanted to discuss anyways, which is oftentimes the top five things, they're great and they're great when they happen. Obviously, it's always nice to be kind to other people and have like shows of kindness, right? But the little things that you do on a daily basis vastly outweigh the big things you do every once in a while. So in IR, we actually have something similar where you can just tee up cases for other rooms if you're waiting for your room to turn over, right? If they're cleaning the room, you've already teed up your next case. Like, why don't you tee up some other cases that just happen to be waiting as well, right? And it doesn't really affect you, right? What would you be doing otherwise? I don't know. Looking at patient charts, which you'd kind of be doing in the process of teeing up these patients, you know, looking at your phone, which admittedly, I love Reddit as much as the next person. But like, right, when you could just be helping other people, it's nice to do it. And it's not, as you said, one of those mythical top five things, but it makes everybody's life kind of better. Right. Because the same thing happens to you when you walk out of your case. You know, if you've been scrubbed in for eight hours, maybe the next thing you want to do is not go consent somebody. Right. So it's nice that you can just be free right and just like turn off your brain for a little it kind of reminds me of just uh i'm not sure exactly what like the attribution for this quote is but just like the idea like love isn't about grand gestures like it's what you see in like rom-coms or whatever but it's really it's just about little things obviously <laughs> slightly different but i think the same idea right like just like oh you often say you love every single one of your colleagues <laughs> deeply and passionately <laughs> i mean minus those last two adverbs I'll, I'll broadly say it yeah no they're all great but no it's true right i mean the the things you do for other people don't have to be these like super grand things yeah it's like really nice when like somebody like brings in like donuts for the whole team it's like a really amazing thing that someone did but in the day by in the day-to-day -day, right like the things that that make your day better are not that uh, is the other things you can do to help. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's, uh, I think well, well stated. Yeah. Donuts are a particular thing, right? They're universal. That's, that's outside of medicine too, <laughs> right? Like the idea that somebody might bring yeah, donuts in, but at the same time, they're, they're very much a double-edged sword. They are. Cause I don't think anybody's happy about the donut about an hour or two after they ate it. Uh, Unless it's like a really good donut. Yeah, I yeah, I would say it depends on the donut and also like how my day's been going otherwise. <laughs> sure, sure. But most donuts are pretty middling. And by like 10 a.m., you know, if you've had it 
let's say before rounds, your mouth kind of feels weird yes. because you've just coated it in sugar and you're a little like you're going through a sugar crash and now you have to drink more coffee. It's like this weird domino effect where it's like your day might actually be worse. <laughs> oh <my laughs> God. Do you remember when we said this was going to be a positive podcast and I just shit, shit on the idea of getting donuts for people? <laughs> I have shit on the idea for getting donuts for people. <laughs> At the same time, I've gotten like watermelon for people. People love that shit. They do. And partially maybe because I live in a place where it's always summer, so watermelon's kind of always it. That helps. It does. That helps. That does help. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I think that would be a good example of a of a nice thing. Um, Once again, not like a specific kind of gesture that I could point to, but sort of a broader day by day thing that can be really nice. How about you? Yeah, I would say a similar vein, but I've had seniors uh, back when I was doing my medicine intern year who would stick around and help out with notes at the end of the day. Huge. Really good. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's appreciable amounts of time. Mm -hmm. That's like an hour or two hours that can be cut down to just an hour to just 30 minutes. You know, I've had seniors who help out with phone calls as well, which is also good because, I mean, technically they are on the team. Like they should make some phone calls (laughs) extensively. Like people should know who they are, but it's also just nice that they're they're helping out. Like, yes, these 10 people need to be updated about these patients' courses, right? It's nice that they just took, you know, one or two of those even is big over time. Little things like that or just offering, like, if somebody's busy, like, hey, I'm going to go grab coffee. I'll grab coffee for everybody because, you know, I'm done with my notes. I, that's that's a thing that I tended to do because uh, I was chemically addicted to uh, coffee. Sure. So. I was going anyway, so why not? (laughs) There wasn't a day where it didn't matter if I was behind on my work because I was only going to get more behind if I didn't get that. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good example. Um, One of my uh, co-residents is fond of saying or talking about the the work we have, which is that there's a pie to be eaten and everyone has their slice of pie to eat uh, by the end of the day. But it's like if you finished eating your slice of pie, I mean, there's still pie to be eaten. I mean, if you've already finished yours, you might as well help out with the other slices of pie. Yeah, that's a good way to end up with diabetes. Though. It is. It is. Unless unless it's, uh, you know, a, a non-sugary pie. Maybe it's just a really gross poop pie because it's it's dumb work you're doing. So Yeah, yeah. See, that's the problem. Pie is too good for that metaphor. Right, yeah. Well, I, I think it works well because pies are, are very classically divided into slices. <laughs> sure. Is there a bad thing out there that is divided into slices? I feel like we may be getting lost a little bit down the, down the metaphor rabbit Samir, hole. I believe we're here to workshop this metaphor. <laughs> That's the goal of today's podcast. No, I mean, well, I, I like the idea because it is very, it, it's intrinsic that yes, it, it is not your responsibility to eat, or eat these other slices of pie. But fundamentally, it is just a nice thing to do and it just makes everyone's life better. And I think to your point, like, I remember that distinctly, and I've done it now as as as, as um uh, now that I'm a PGY two resident with interns. That where there's some work to be done, it's like it's late already. We're both here, and it's kind of late, and I I could just leave because it's not my work to do. But that is shitty, and you're here doing the work, and we might as well just split the work, so we both can leave earlier, right? Like either I leave now and you leave in an hour, or we both leave in like twenty or twenty five minutes. And it's better. I think that is also just, as you say, just a nice thing to do, just to be kind of aware and empathetic to those below you as you kind of rise up the ranks is, 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 is really good to do. And it's hard to do because the rising up the ranks doesn't actually mean your life is necessarily. Oh, easier. no, it's not. I mean, yeah, you have, you have new and different responsibilities for sure. Right. So then to go back and do the things that you did at those previous stages might not even be within your... Like, you have a new, even shittier pie to eat. You can't be worrying about this other pie. You're over here eating some sort of terrible key lime pie. Whoa, You can't whoa. be worrying about are you, this Are you not a fan pie. of key lime pie? No, I love key lime pie. Oh, okay. But for the metaphor, the pies are all bad. Okay, I, okay. well, you said it as if key lime pie was intrinsically bad, and I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's a great pie. Well, Samir, what is the worst pie? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I don't think I've had enough pies to like say this. I love the idea that you would pause just as long as it took to answer the previous question. 
to think about the pie question. I, I don't think <laughs> like I, it's like thirty minutes later, you're like, "Fuck, man, I don't know." <laughs> that's a very tough question. I I don't I don't think I've had enough pies to say with good confidence like what the worst type is. Okay, I, what I will say is I think pies that are very one note, I'm not a fan of. Like okay. I, like sometimes I, I think what was it? I had some sort of chocolate pie. And it was just like all chocolate. Like it wasn't really a pie as much as just an excuse to put a lot of chocolate in like a wedge. Sure. I mean, it's a vessel for pudding, right? Right. That's but pudding. It's already yeah. It's all- like I was like, what is this? This isn't anything. Whereas like like a pie for me intrinsically, I I think it should have some crust element to it, even if that's sort of toward the bottom of the pie where the top of it isn't that. But like I, I just it, it needs to have more sort of structure and have more like I think textural variety is 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 key to a pie personally. Okay. Well, what's your favorite pie? Once again, tough. Um, I think it's it's somewhat mood dependent. I do like key lime pie. Samir, are you going for a career in politics? <laughs> in pie, in politics? Yeah. There's a lot of good pies on both sides. Is what I'm saying. Oh no, I don't want to. I don't want that to be the reference we're going with. No, reject. It's too late. Reject. <laughs> um, as a career politician, I will say that you know. Um, it's important that as a country, we are not just red pies and blue pies, but that we are the United Pies of America. And that is an Obama quote that I replaced the word state with pie. Oh, good. Yeah. Good, good, good. I mean, I think the class, like, if you're actually going for a political answer, it's apple pie, right? Yeah, no, no. I mean, that's for sure. I mean, that is the yeah. I mean, it's very hard to argue with. No one's going to call you un-American or a terrorist for saying that, hopefully. Well, one would think. I don't know. Unclear. Yeah, apple pie is very good. Apple pie with vanilla ice cream is amazing. A la mode. Just very, very good. But it does depend on my mood a little bit. Um, I do like a lemon meringue. It's a very, it's very good. Key lime pie. That that tartness is very nice in, in both of them. I think it really adds something. But yeah, I would say probably those two, and then maybe like an apple pie with vanilla ice cream, actually. Probably would be among, among my top few. Right. What pie do you think, if you gave as an answer during a political debate, would hurt your career? The oh, most? that's actually a that's actually a very good question. It's a very now sp- keep in mind, in, in the reality we live in, apparently you could just say whatever and it won't hurt you at all. Right. But but imagine a better time where the, you were held accountable for the things you said. Right. Sure. Um. I. Yeah. Right. I. You know. That's actually. It is, it is, like, when you think about it objectively, that is a very dumb question, but when you think about it a little more, you're like, actually, though, is it? Because it actually is kind of an interesting question. I don't know the answer. That's a tough question. I don't know the answer. Um, maybe something that is, like, I actually think here's the answer. I think if you pick something that is sort of, like, not really what people think of with pie, and it is almost, like, some kind of weird, like, if you went to, with some sort of, like, savory dish or something... Mm. that was some type of like pie-esque dish like i think that would be really weirdly received so if you said like shepherd's pie yes people would be like, mm. that's what i was thinking yes i think people would be like what the fuck why like this person's such a douche like why would they say that like it's obviously not what we meant i think you could spin a good down home angle if you said like my mom's chicken pot pie oh sure and then you know you spin it oh that's like, a good that's a good point yeah yeah if you spin right right if you, if you make it kind of like a middle america kind of thing okay fine i yeah, see that yeah I, I but i think shepherd's pie might be the one where it's like that does, it also doesn't feel very american no no it doesn't at all right isn't, isn't it like a british thing i i, I don't i don't know I <laughs> that, the, the worst version of it would be like mincemeat pie it's like well that's very british yeah <laughs> right no I, yeah so i think it's it's a mix of doing that where you're sort of like almost like intentionally like answering the question wrong just to be kind of like i'm above it sure because right? when i was when someone's asking you that they obviously they, i mean the implication is some sort of sweet pie right i mean right. that's just like clear right. and so i think answering otherwise just makes you look like a bit of a douche i think cheesecake would be a, a controversial answer but that, that isn't a pie isn't it I, it's it has the word i understand what you're saying like, I, I already get where you're going but come on no <laughs> look at the fundamental construction of a cheesecake and you'll see the distinction the calling it a cheesecake is kind of wrong a cheesecake has more in common with most pies a cheesecake and a pumpkin pie are made almost nearly the well, same once way. again i i i do fundamentally i agree with you i see what you're saying but i want to make two things clear the term cheese pie is gross. <laughs> I just took a very big sip. 
That was dangerous. <laughs> also, isn't that how like half of America orders pizza? It'd be a cheese pie. Oh, it's a good. Yeah, but I... see, you and I are both from the Northeast, so that's just a pa- a plain pizza, to right? Have. Oh, interesting, huh? I mean, I I think part of what makes it not gross is the context in which you're ordering pizza. <laughs> you know, like if, sure. if for some reason you're at a restaurant and pizza, if it was like a French restaurant. <laughs> Sure. And you ordered a cheese pie. People would be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Right? Like, the, the context of it being pizza, I think, makes it okay. So that's one. And two, I mean, I get what you're saying. But at the end of the day, it's called a cheesecake. I mean, that's just silly. But yes, I, I agree with you. I think I think if you said cheesecake and then tried to defend it, like, no, no, no. But that's really a pie. I think people would be like, okay, this guy's like, really, this guy's like an elitist weirdo. Like, what? Exactly. It's, it's like, take in mind that. Last week, we talked about vasectomies for, like, ten minutes. Right. Me saying that cheesecake comment is going to be more controversial. <laughs> it's, no, that, it's actually, it's one of those, it reminds me of the thing where it's, like, is cereal a type of soup question? Except, I think yours is, like, I, I honestly, I mean, I never considered it, but, like, I think you're right, actually, about cheesecake, but I hate it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but I think you actually are right. I, I googled cheesecake just to, like, look at some cross-sectional images. And just see? Sure. And, uh, yeah, no, honestly, I mean, it checks now, out. Now, are you looking at the axial or the sagittal? Because it's a two different stories. Yes. I, I guess we're, at this point we're saying axial would be as if you cut sort of, like, circular planes, right? Yeah, so it would be a sheet Yeah, no, I, I'm, no I, I'm looking at, once again, it's hard to define sagittal or coronal for a perfectly circular object in this case. Sure. But I guess I'm looking at, like, a coronosagittal image. <laughs> sure. One or the other. Yeah. Well, it's either coronal, sagittal, or oblique. Right. Those are the cuts. And, and on I guess the I guess really oblique for all of them because I mean, there's yes, no. I mean, like I mean, I guess I guess if you if you have some sort of design on it that marks like a, a, a due north, then I guess you could come up with a uh, come up with an axis axis system for the cheesecake. But otherwise, being right. rotationally symmetric, it's less less useful. See, because on the axials, I think you could make a good argument for cake. Oh, without a question. Because an axial slice is homogeneous. Right. It's just this, right? But once you go to the coronals or the sagittals, there's distinctly a crust. There is, there is. It, it, is, it is a crust that is very, um, it particularly is similar to, to like the lemon meringue, right? Although I guess the lemon meringue has the browned top, so that, that kind of makes it look a little different, but you know, still it's the same sort of shape to the crust. Sure. I mean, I've, there's tons of arguments out there for cake versus pie. Certainly the classic is like, which is better? I am very much a cake person. Really? Okay, I'm very much a pie person. Wow. Hmm. Which is a discussion I've gotten in a lot of trouble for, which is that I think most cakes are pretty mediocre. Oh, so I, that I actually agree with. That I I, yeah. I 100% agree with you there. I think there are a lot of cakes that are either too sweet or they're just kind of like too like thick. Like there's like too much, I don't know, like just uh, something about the ratios are off. But for me, the best cakes I've had, although I do I really like some pies, the best cakes I have, I think, are better than the best pies I've had. But I think that's like, I mean, it's like a personal preference. I'm not saying that they're really intrinsically better, but personally... But I, I agree with you. I think there's a lot more variability in cakes, for sure. Because I think there are a lot of bad cakes. Well, I mean, I uh, I, I hope everybody sees how that kind of relates to benef- beneficence. I, frankly, it's so <laughs> obvious how it relates to beneficence that I'm not even going to, like, go and do it. Because, like, if you don't get it, why I shouldn't spell it out Right, that's, that's a very good point. Yeah. Um, okay, I, I, I will try to bring this back a little, uh, which is to say um, we discussed things that colleagues, like co-residents, could do for you that were really positive and were really good things that improved your wellness how about attendings uh, setting aside our pie cake discussion valuable as it is for a moment i think with attendings it's always a precarious balance beneficence from an attending perspective is most about understanding how their actions affect your day-to-day work schedule because they have to do a job right and in the process of doing that job, they can generate more work for you or they could generate less work for you. For example, with calling consults. Now, technically, an intern should at some point in time learn how to adequately call consults, right? However, there are times where the attending knows that they're asking for something that is atypical and that they will get pushback on. And they still send the intern to make that call. And they don't adequately explain it to the intern. So it's inevitably a discussion that's going to go poorly and will be escalated to senior residents or attendings. And the choice in that matter 
of how they behave can change the the direction of that. However, now that I'm thinking about that, uh, that's more non-malfeasance than it is beneficence. Here, I think along similar lines, but I think is a better like a better example of kind of active beneficence, which is that when you when I've called consults and gotten pushback, and I mentioned to my attending, them immediately volunteering to speak with the attending, I think is a great example of beneficence. Yes, yes, that they they adequately escalate when the time is right. I think very reasonable. It's the resident shop call consult. But whenever it's getting like, I don't know, there's some pushback, they're like not whatever, they're like, oh yeah, give me the attendance number, give them my number, I'll chat with them directly. Great, amazing. That I think is like perfect example of like the like the roles are done correctly, where it's like, it is initially my job, now there's something that needs escalation and therefore no problem. And that's a good example. I think another really good example is just general accessibility and approachability. That I think is really key to just having that sort of that really positive relationship where I feel like if I'm concerned about something, either about a patient or maybe it's a kind of a feedback thing or, or, or what have you, I feel comfortable just being like, you know, obviously you're professional, et cetera, but still like going to that person and being like, could I have feedback on this? Or, hey, I'm concerned about uh, Mr. X because of, you know, these reasons. What are your thoughts? Like, I'm not sure it's really anything to do, but like, it does seem a little weird, you know, just something like that. And being able to have a discussion really openly and easily, one, I think is better for patient care, frankly, but two, I think is just really good for my own wellness because I don't have to do this sort of like mental gymnastics of figuring out if it's something where it's like worth talking to the attending about, or if they're going to be like mad at me for like reaching out to them. And I think once again, I think most attendings I've worked with have been reasonable about that, but there definitely have been some where it's like a little more nerve wracking and a little more thinking has to be involved in order to do that. And it would be nicer if that weren't the case. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a big one where they, they make you comfortable just having a discussion with them changes everything. And then if they can advocate for you, that's another really good example of beneficence. I think on the medicine side of things, one of the really good ways that attendings can advocate for you is just like keeping an eye on the admissions you're getting and saying like, look, you just gave my team like three admissions. Like they need time to work on the admissions you've already given them, like give them some time. Whereas some people won't push back at all and they'll just say, well, you get what you get. The the person who's allocating them, that's their choice. It's up to them to make that choice. And just being around Going back to what you're saying, for when admissions are happening, if they're around before the point in time that's strictly staffing, you know, because staffing is its, its own event, right? Like you call the attending, you tell them all this stuff. But if they're just around before that, it's great. It, it makes the learning better and it just makes you feel more comfortable because you know, like, hey, I'm not just operating blind until I decide to call you. You're, you're around, you're available. It was interesting. I think I really, another good example that I thought was nice. Um, recently, one of my attendings, who's great, he's, 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 he's a great guy, uh, all, all the residents like him. We were chatting about some research that I'll be planning to do next year and how in during the pandemic, I haven't been doing as much of a job as like, like I, I, I haven't been doing as good of a job as I could have been in terms of actually like doing stuff regarding that project. And I was like, yeah, I was like, and I was like, I certainly was busy at some point earlier, but then obviously in the last like month, I haven't been like super busy, but I haven't done a ton. And he was just talking about how, like, I, I, I kind of thought he was going to sort of troll me about that and how, like, oh, man, it must be so tough, like, not doing any work without, you know, whatever. But he was kind of just like, yeah, you know, it's weird. Um, sometimes when you're not doing things and you have all this time, it's sometimes harder to start on stuff. And he's just someone who is like, he is kind of like a workaholic, like he like does so much. And he was just like, yeah, he's like, honestly, even for me, like, I'm like seeing fewer patients than normal, but I just finished the day and I'm just tired. And he's like, yeah, it's, it's a really weird time. It's just hard to get things done. And it was a very, like, it was a very real conversation that caught me very um, off guard. Um, but it was just nice. It was just like a moment of like empathy of like, yeah, like I get it. Like it's not, it's really easy to say on paper, like we should be doing stuff, but sometimes it's kind of hard to, and for no discernible reason. And I was just, it was just, an, it was just a nice conversation. I felt very like heard as a person. If I may, it almost seems like the take home message from everything we just said is like the more the attending could just be another human being who like acknowledges you and your feelings about things, Yeah, the more beneficent they could be. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, it's just like being around, being kind of nice to talk to, being <laughs> real. Like, those aren't, those shouldn't be too difficult. Yeah. But are more often than they should be. Yeah. I think I will say, and I think at least for me, it's a good level set, which is that 
I think we should always strive to do better within medicine, right? As we discussed, you know, things should be better by miles, not just by inches, as we've said on previous episodes. But I think something that is positive and I think can actually intrinsically itself improve my wellness is when I do things like we're doing now. And think about the times where people have been really helpful and assisted me with things where it wasn't necessarily their job to do or have gone out of their way to check in on me to make sure I'm doing okay. Things that have happened, once again, it's hard to point to specific examples, but I know it's been the case. Senior residents have been like, how are things going? Like, I know this is a tough service. Like that, like those things matter a lot. And I think in your day to day, you don't necessarily point each one of them out to yourself. Like, oh, today someone asked me about this, but it's nice occasionally to level set and to remind yourself that there are people who care about you, that you are in an environment that can be really tough to work in sometimes, but there are still a lot of positives within it. I think things like this, right? Having a discussion about it is valuable. For sure. For sure. And there, there's one last question I wanted to ask as we get towards the end here, because we've, we've talked about sort of three of the fundamental aspects of wellness, which is how you can be nice to each other, pie, and then a, how your attendings can be nice right, to you. The three fundamental uh, aspects. Three fundamental. The fourth part is how do you think a residency program can apply beneficence to their residents at a, at a sort of GME level? Right, right. It's a really good question. I think a lot of it comes down to the sort of instructions you would give to an attending in terms of how to be beneficent, which are things like basically treating you like a person more or less. And I think it sounds really simple, but I think it, I think those things um, matter a lot. And so it's not just stuff like, you know, you should try to do more yoga and like go for runs, but like, Hey, uh, this week, instead of our afternoon didactic session, you guys are all just released from clinical duties at like 4.30 p.m. Go live your life. What a novel concept. Right? Like, I mean, it's not actually that hard to do if you were to do it like, I don't know, maybe like once, even like a couple months, let's say. That's like actually really probably won't make a huge difference. Um, but those little things, I think, can make a big difference if you stack a bunch of them on top of each other. Maybe in the resident room, you have like freely available snacks. It's a thing I thought about recently because I was visiting a friend. This is, I guess not, not, not that recently because I was visiting a friend um, in, a, in, a, in a different city. In the before times. Right, in the before times. And he works at like a tech company. And in their office, they just have like tons of snacks available of like all different types um, for free. And I don't think it actually costs them that much to do because I don't think people necessarily use a ton, like, eat a ton of them, um, frankly. But it is actually really nice the idea you're like, oh man, I like want a yogurt. Okay, <laughs> that's cool. I, I don't, right? I actually don't think it's that hard to do. It would probably cost me like a couple thousand dollars a year, frankly. And so I think that's really nice to do. Um, and once again, a small thing. And I don't think it makes up for having to work crazy hours or anything like that, but it, it can make work a little more humane, right? To not someone sort of thinking of these things. Things like ensuring that maternity or paternity leave are like possible and reasonable to do, even in the midst of like a really tough residency, like shuffling coverage to make sure things can be, you can have call. Maybe that means for a couple of weeks, you pay one of the like physician assistants uh, or nurse practitioners to like cover some call or something like that in the hospital so that you aren't just putting more strain on this person's co-residence because they dare to have a child, right? Like I, those are things that I, I don't think are actually that hard to do, but there are things that require foresight, planning, and spending money to do. And so they often, I think, are not number one on the list of the things that are being done, right? Um, but I think maybe an active choice to do so can make a big difference. Yes, I think that's a very, very good way of putting it. And it kind of, it boils down to, I think beneficence is really, really useful at an interpersonal level. One-on-one -on -one, beneficence works to some extent, right? At a program level, beneficence often falls to this concept of sort of additive wellness, which is that we'll add something on and that'll make your life better. But if you bring in therapy dogs once a month and you say, oh, here are all the resources where you can go see a therapist or go do these yoga classes or go do this, it doesn't really address the fact that you probably don't have the time to do any of those things. And when it comes down to the middle of the day, yeah, I know that there's a therapy dog in the conference room downstairs, but I also need to write these notes. And so I can't go see this therapy dog, right? 
at a, at a program level, beneficence often falls short because it's kind of just the easy answer. It's just all, oh, we'll do something nice for them and that'll make them feel better. At the program level, you more have to fall on non-malfeasance where residency as a structure takes advantage of you in certain ways. And it has been doing that for a very long time. And we have to start to disassemble those structures to some extent that take advantage of a person. It, it falls more to, or less on doing the right thing and more on stopping the wrong things that you've been doing for years. But because you've been doing them for years, they don't feel particularly wrong. It's just the way you do things. And certainly we'll talk about this more as we get, as we do non-malfeasance as an episode. I wanted to end there because I think beneficence is like really useful from a person to person level as a resident. It's always useful to think, how can I be making my co-residents lives better? You don't have to do all the things you think of all the time. Right. But if you think about that every once in a while and you do something every once in a while, that doesn't necessarily make your life better. The rising tide raises all ships. Everybody gets a little better from it. But from a program level, that just doesn't quite work. As with a lot of what we talk about, it does require a, a level of change that is a bit deeper, systemic, and uh, has to come from the top. Well, I guess, I guess to sum it up, would it increase beneficence to have a pie tasting weekly? See, the issue, I think, kind of what I just said, Samir, is that... Are you really going to go to the weekly pie taste? Oh, hey, you got me again. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Unless so you can't, you can't, you can't just add a pie. You can't just say, add a pie. Hey, it's all, it's all better. better. It's all better because someone yeah. has to eat that pie. So, exactly. <laughs> someone has to eat that pie, and they may not have the wherewithal to eat it right now. Right, and and then heaven forbid, it's all a mode. Okay, pie. But now I have a, a fucking scoop of ice cream to deal with. Right. Look, I got ten notes to write. <laughs> <laughs> I got to call ten families. I got a slice of apple Some pie. Some asshole got me donuts this morning. <laughs> Some monster. So I'm cranky. Right. Already. Right. Anyways, guys, thanks for coming to this mandatory wellness session. I did notice that not a lot of you guys grabbed the donuts, which I guess is good. Right. You know, that works out. Uh, next weekend, we'll have more carbs, more simple carbs. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect for a well-balanced breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Well, it's that or saltines, right. so. so either way. As always, guys, our theme song is Nothing Slash Anything by Westy Reflector. Uh, you can catch us on social media. We have, what do we have now? An Instagram account at MWS Podcast. We have a Gmail, mandatory wellness session at gmail.com. We have a Facebook, which is facebook.com slash MWS Podcast FB. Uh, we might be making a Twitter at some point, possibly. We'll let you guys know. We also have a website as well, which you can find on our other links. Thanks once again for coming, and we'll see you next time. Bye.